everybody stand as our pastor get ready to come and bring the word. Amen. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, we are blessed. Oh, we bless. Highly favorite. Highly favorite. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Stop that. You can keep on. <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord, saints. Praise the Lord. Hmm. If you will, bow your heads with me in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you. Lord, our hearts are filled with you on today. And we just thank you for what you've done. Time and time again, Lord, you've watched out for us, Lord. And we thank you. We praise your name. Lord, on today I ask that you speak to your people. Speak to your people, Lord. I only ask that you use me as your vessel, Father. Let them hear your words and not mine. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Let me say that, uh, you know, I just uh, had asked Jalen to, uh, to sing today, and uh, I wanted to just uh, bless, bless his grandmother. Today is her 20th birthday. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that she would uh, just want to uh, enjoy her grandson singing. And then I ended up getting blessed. <laughs> so today we come before you all um, from Numbers, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 12. And I want to pause to say... Uh, Thank you for the visitors who have uh, graced us on today. We appreciate seeing your faces. Um, and, uh, you know, I can't war warmly say it like uh, Sister 
Tammy usually say it, but she says something like, hi, how y'all doing? Hey, what's up? Something like that. But we're just glad you're here. Amen. Amen. So, Numbers, the 14th chapter. Feels like I'm missing something, but somebody will tell me in a minute, you know, if I'm missing an announcement. But Numbers, the 14th chapter, verses 1 through 12. And the title of this uh, Sunday school lesson was uh, The Rebellion of People of Israel. Right? But my working title for today is Boo Hoo. <laughs> now that's a question. Boo who? Because we're going to talk a little bit about fear. So boo who? That's W-H-O, boo who, right? So Numbers 14th chapter, verses 1 through 12 reads as follows. Then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword. Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly by the congregation of the sons of Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Zephunah, or Jephunah, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The Lord which we, the land which we passed through, to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey, as in they will be our breakfast. Right? They, their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. The Lord said to Moses, how long will this people spurn or spurn, I'm sorry, me? And uh, how long will they not believe me, despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst? I will smite them with pestilence and dispossess them, and I will make 
you into a nation greater and mightier than they. Wow. People rebel. Boo-hoo. You know, Simone Biles, uh, the American gymnast, is considered by many to be the GOAT, the greatest gymnast of all time. She's the most decorated gymnast in history. And some close uh, followers would even say that her routines and exercises are so difficult that even, even stronger men can't execute them well. The sport world was uh, shocked during this past Winter Olympics. Uh, uh, Simone withdrew from all but one event, and she stated that she had a mental health issue going on, and, and she was suffering from a condition called the twisties, the twisties. And like everything else in America, it polarized. It polarized us, right? There was this camp of, of empathizers. They empathized with her, and they said something on the lines of, you know, leave her alone. You, 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 you ought to be supportive of the fact that she has a mental health issue, right? You should be supportive of that. But then there was an old school camp, and I admit, I initially, I was in there. And that old school camp said, twisties, girl, you better get out there and flip. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And, and, and like I said, it, it polarized folks, and it, and it drew much attention around the whole world because it was a world stage that was going on, right? And, and, it, and it got me to thinking that big moments, or mo are, they're like moments of truth, like uh, mental state, nerves, injury, whatever the factors uh, you know, are, are, are playing, it, it's crucial. And, and I understand that it's crucial. But, but that's a crucial moment, and, and that crucial moment can either show, can make you or break you, and, and, and show what's really inside of you, right? So in today's lesson, we read about a huge moment for the nation of Israel. They are on the outskirts of the land, just like I stated last week. They're on the outskirts of the promised land, and they can see the promised land right there. All they have to do is push forward just a little more, and they will enter the promised land, the promised land, the, the land that God had promised them, the land that God said, I already was there. I got it all set up for you. Just go in and enter. They were right there on the outskirts, and all they had to do is push forward just a little more. So they could either go forward and lean into this thing, or they could turn around and backtrack. So they were at a moment of truth, and what did they do? They faced it with unbelief and fear. You know, I was reading this week, and, and somebody said the book of Numbers gets its title from 
numbering, how they did the census and counted all of the folks in Israel. But one writer said that a more appropriate title for the book should be The Grumblings of a Nation, <laughs> right? Because that's what they did all throughout that book. You just see how they grumbled and complained. They grumbled and complained. From the time they left Egypt, complaining began right? And a trip that was about 220 miles total became a lifelong journey. It became a lifelong journey. Last week, we talked about how the spies went and they covered uh, a distance of about 250 one way, right? And it took them 40 days to do a complete circle. But here, this nation is going to take them almost like a lifetime just to complete a short trip, right? And it's fear. Fear. It is said that fear has a tendency to either immobilize you or at least seriously affect your activity. Read another quote this week, and it says, it is reported that the newspaper counselor Ann Landers received an average of 10,000 letters each month. And nearly all of them from people burdened with problems. She was asked if there was any one particular problem that uh, stood out more. And her reply was the one problem above all others seemed to be People are afraid of losing their health, their wealth, their loved ones. People, she said, are afraid of life itself. So, so what is fear? Well, if you look at that word in the Bible, it covers quite a bit of territory. It covers from terror all the way to worship and reverence. And that's a large territory, right? How can you say worship and reverence? Because it says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord, right? right? But then there's this, this thing that's called terror. But, but if you read uh, the New Bible Dictionary, it says that there are four aspects or four different kinds of fears. There's a holy fear. This is a proper fear of God. One is in awe of his authority, power, and, their, and his and, and, and his just complete oddness, if you will. And you see how huge and big he is and just how little you are, right? Godly fear is characterized by total allegiance to the one true God because when you know who God is, you know that you want to obey him, right? You know you want to obey him, right? And... and, and and then there is this thing that they classified as slavish fear. Slavish fear. Interesting title. It says, this is a fear that results from sin, right? It's the fearful expectation of judgment. You know how you know you're wrong? You know you're wrong. And you just know that something is going to get you. And you know you're looking kind of like over your shoulder at everything else. You know you're wrong. 
you know you're wrong. It's, it's just like the little baby when they're reaching for something and you don't say, ah, ah, about 20 times. Don't touch that TV. Ah, and they do this. <laughs> know they're wrong. And they're looking around, right? And that's the, and it says that you kind of dread that, that judgment is going to come and it's kind of like enslaves you. Fear is quite naturally the logical consequence of sin. That's what they say. But then there's also the third one, the fear of men. That's when you somehow project this reverential awe of men. And, and, and then you put them in such high regard that you fear what they can do to you. But remember what Jesus said. Don't, don't fear the ones that can destroy the body, but fear the one that can, yeah, take, take you out and take your soul out, right? Right. And then the last one is the fear as the object of fear. And we see that in the Old Testament when before the children of Israel even came into the land, guess what? The people were, they were scared already. It's as if God just sent fear as an object so that they can be preoccupied with being scared. And Israel was back there scared themselves because of their lack of faith. So, so it, it, it's kind of interesting how fear can just uh, consume your whole being your body, your soul, and your spirit and your mind, so to speak, right? And, and, and it starts by illustrating itself. So it illustrates itself. That's what unbelief and fear does. So after the report from the spies, right, all of a sudden what happens is that, the, and the older people will understand this, the Israelites couldn't sleep at all last night. They were tossing and turning and turning and tossing, yeah, <laughs> right? And then they started talking about going back to Egypt. You know, I kind of remember this brother over here talking about this same thing. And what he said is that maybe they never really left Egypt in the first place, right? Maybe, maybe they really never left Egypt in the first place. Maybe they never left in Egypt in the first place. They, they physically left Egypt, but spiritually and mentally, they never really left Egypt. And then I thought, how many people today never left their Egypt, right? How many people today, they, they never really left their Egypt? Because as soon as that pressure moment comes, then all of a sudden what you're going to rely on is what you're used to, right? Old habits and old ways. And, and then all of a sudden when they, these pressure moments come and somebody like just, 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 just test your temper and then all of a sudden you remember the way you used to talk and then some stuff comes out your mouth and it's like boobly boob blue boob blue boob blue. Because you're relying on old ways, right? You're relying on old ways, and we should want no part of what we used to be, right? If the Lord has delivered you, then going back should not be an option B, right? Should not be an option B. And matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter and verse 17, that well-known verse says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creature. Those old things have passed away, right? That speaking in tongues stuff, so to speak, should pass away, right? And that is like that worldly tongue, by the way, right? And here's this interesting thing. I heard another quote by Wordsby. It says, when your eyes are on yourself and your circumstances, you lose your perspective and you say and do ridiculous things. You say and do ridiculous things. And then that reminded me of Matthew's the 15th chapter and verse 11, when Jesus said, it is not what enters into the mouth that defiles the man, but what proceeds out of the mouth. This defiles the man. In other words, Jesus' point was, it's not the bad food that you eat that causes you to think those dirty, low-down, no-good thoughts. No. No, no. It's not the ribs <laughs> that make you think low-down, dirty, treacherous thoughts. No, no, no. It's the process where it comes from that heart and then to that mind, and then it comes out, blue, 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 and it illustrates itself See, because what happens is that when that pressure moment comes, then what's really inside comes out and it spills out. And that's why God allows us to go through these pressure situations. Because God says, you know, let me sit back. Let me show you. Let me let me show you what's really inside of you right now. Let me put a let me put some pressure on you right now and show. See, right now you got the big head and you thinking you super Christian. See, I, I don't do it wrong. I'm not like him. I'm not like her. And then all of a sudden that squeezing moment comes and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I, I just surprised myself with what I said. I didn't know I could say, I didn't know I could say those things anymore. Right? I thought I was converted, right? <laughs> Yeah, because see, what happens is those pressure points come because God needs to show you where you still need to grow. And that's why those points just squeeze out, right, what's in you so that he can say, okay, now let's work on this, right? And it illustrates that, right? And then the next thing is it's kind of, it's illegitimate. Think of all the illegitimate stuff that was going on in this text, right? Fear is also psychological, right? It's psychological as well. You know it is because you, you watch those, uh, uh, those horror movies. You know it's, you know it's illogical. I mean, uh, it's, it's like illegitimate. It's not, it's not a legitimate fear. The monster is not there with you, right? But, but your hands are sweating. And, and you're talking to the TV. Girl, you better turn around. You better turn. He's going to cut you. He's going to get you and go. And your heart beating and racing. And the monster is in the TV. It's not a legitimate fear. You know it's not legitimate, right? And, and, and yet the leaders in the fourth verse in the fourth verse, it says, so they said to one another, let us appoint leaders, right? <laughs> so that they can help us return to Egypt. The leaders that God appointed for the people were canceled, right? 
They were canceled. Moses and Aaron, cancel them. Cancel them. Let us get some leaders. Let us appoint some leaders. As the Sunday school material said, they wanted to return to Egypt and figured that Moses would not agree on taking them back. So the idea was to pick up a leader that will do what they wanted done. Illegitimate, right? But, 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 but wait. Hold up, though. Right, we, we, We're in a, a kinder and gentler and acceptant nation nowadays, right? So, so what we should do is we should understand that these people were afraid. And we should empathize with them, right? We should empathize with them. No, you shouldn't judge them for being afraid at this time. You should understand that they were afraid. At this time and I say no 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 God promised them that land that land was theirs already right it was theirs already they just had to go in move some people out organize and redecorate that's what they needed to do and that's what God left up to for them to do right their fear was illegitimate right and we have a similar illegitimate type of fear that's going on as well when we don't apply Ephesians, the first chapter, to our Christian life, right? No, we, we are in our feelings, and sometimes we feel like, oh, we don't, we don't feel Ephesians, the first chapter. We don't feel that we are blessed, right, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. I don't feel chosen today. I don't feel predestined, adopted as son, right? I don't feel that I've been redeemed through his blood, forgiven for my transgressions, uh, uh, you know, and I don't feel as if he lavished me with his grace and his mercy on today. I don't feel that way. I say to you, no, that's illegitimate, right? Uh, and, and, and yes, 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 life will, will, will just, just, just beat you up. Yes, life, life will give you the twisties. Yeah, life will give you the twisties. There are situations that will cartwheel you here and situations that will vault you there, right? And there are some times that friends will knock you off the balance beam if we use the gymnast terminology, right? And there are even times when even in your home, people will make you do a 360, a 180, and just double lay you out. Right? And these situations come and they are real. Right? And they are real. But 2 Corinthians, right? Fourth chapter, verses 8 through 10 says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Right? We are perplexed, but not in despair. Right? We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're even struck down, but we're not destroyed. Right? not destroyed so no that's 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 not legitimate you are more than a conqueror As a matter of fact in ephesians the first chapter verse 11 this is how god this is how paul uh, uh finished it he says in him also we have obtained an inheritance it, it didn't say we we might get it 
No, we have that inheritance. Just like they had that promised land, that promised land was already theirs, we have an inheritance. Having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will. Of his will. So avoid those illegitimate claims of fear. Amen. And don't let fear illustrate itself in your life. Because when those pressure points come, it's going to come out. It'll come out. And, and the last thing is in, in terms of just illogical. If we read this text, it, they weren't thinking logically at all. They weren't thinking logically at all, right? Look at verse 1. If you look at verse 1, they were stressing and losing sleep over lies and exaggerations. That's what happened. The 10 spies came back with a bunch of exaggerations and everything else, talking about how they saw uh, Nephilims, Nephilims, right? And, and guess what? Nephilims, they were, they were destroyed in the flood. They, they survived the flood? It's just exaggerations, right? Just exaggerate. I've seen a Nephilim just walking around. No, you didn't. No, you didn't, right? Right, just, just illogical thinking. Ver verse 2, illogical thinking. They wanted to return to Egypt where they were slaves and, and, and being mistreated daily. The expositor said it like this. It is therefore appropriate to consider what they had to look forward to, to in returning to Egypt. Slavery, cruelty, and an angry pharaoh that was waiting for them to come back to exact revenge. That's, but yet they were like, I want to go back to Egypt. I want to be a slave. Not thinking right. Right? Illogical thinking. It did in verse 4. Illogical thinking. They thought God's appointed leaders weren't cutting the mustard. God's leaders. The one he chose. Right? They weren't cutting the mustard. And, and, and guess what they said? Let us choose. Let us replace. That's not logical thinking. Your choice ain't, 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 ain't better than God's. Right? Your choice is not better than God's, right? And it made Aaron and, and Moses, it made them just fall on their face and pray, right? And, and, and it was like, forgive them for they know what they do. <laughs> they know what they do. Please forgive them, Lord, because they know what they do. And, and Joshua and Caleb said, what is up with all of these thinking errors, right? Don't you realize that we could go in there and eat them for breakfast? God will put them right in our hands and we'll eat them for breakfast. All we have to do, you know, is don't, 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 don't uh, fall out of God's grace. We don't want to fall out of God's grace right now. We want, to, we want to be in his grace and let him use us and, and, and we'll eat those folks for breakfast, right? That, now, I want you all to go back one moment and concentrate on Moses and Aaron's position. Moses' position was intercessor. Aaron's position was priest. And this is what makes it go down our street as well. Yeah, 
we can easily talk about how those people in Egypt, how they were just, you know, wrong. But, but when we talk about intercessor and high priest, oh, that hits home for us as well, right? And, and do we believe our intercessor? At high priest, because in Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 34, it says, who is the one who is condemned or who condemns Christ? Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. We have an intercessor right now. Oh, and we have a high priest as well. That's Jesus also, because in Hebrews, the fourth chapter, verses 14 through 16, it says, therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are. He knows what you're going through, right? Yet without sin, he did it without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We have an intercessor and we also have a high priest. Do you believe him? Are you leaning on him? Do you believe him? Do you trust him? Do you, do you take him at his word when he says, I will never leave you or forsake you? Do you believe him, right? So, so in essence, don't allow fear to consume every part of you. Don't let it use your body to illustrate itself. Don't allow fear to influence your soul to, to invest in illegitimate claims. And don't allow fear to affect your mind to where you're beginning to think illogically. And that's the message on today. Have faith. You know what the opposite of fear is? Faith. Faith in God, faith in the proper object, and the proper object is God. Amen? And I wanted to close today with something that I told Kelsey to text out, and I, and I think it's ready to be projected on the screen. And, 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 and a, a few weeks ago, probably even a month ago, I just had a, a conversation and, uh, with a brother here, and it, and it came up to... You know, if someone here, if anybody in this church was asked, what is the gospel? Would they be able to, 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 to explain it, <laughs> to say what it is? Or would they trip over their words and, and, and give the impression that they really don't know what they believe in? So I said, let's, let's, let's fan this out, right? And I, and, I, and I hope that you all will commit this to memory. Is it, is it on there? Can you all just read that out loud with me? Okay, begin.
And that's what you rejoice in. That's what you rejoice in. Amen. And today, today, this is what is offered to you. And I say, don't let this moment pass you by. I told you and I tell you weekly that the question of, with eternal implications is, what will you do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? Will you reject him or will you serve him? Choose ye. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Choose ye this day who you will serve. Amen. We have ministers here in front after dismissal and they will go over uh, the plan of salvation with you, pray with you. Amen. Those are in Zoom. You know how to contact us. Amen. And I also want to just thank our relatives that came out. They came from Tennessee here to celebrate Mama's birthday. So just thank you all for coming. Amen. Did you all want to say something? You want to say something, anything? No, you're good? All right. God bless you. God bless you, church. Amen.